0: hi and welcome to bts podcast this is your host lanae cook and bts is about exploring the behind the scenes so it's essentially me diving into the behind the scenes work on what we know to be finished products i'm super excited to have matt fx on on this specific episode matt is the music supervisor for broad city if you're not familiar with broad city i highly recommend watching it Guaranteed, unless you're humor impaired, you're not going to be able to just watch one episode. Look up Rod City. Alana and Abby are amazing at what they do. It's such a good show, and I'm so excited to have Matt on. He's a friend of mine. He is a Twitter friend, turned real life friend, and it was such a joy sitting down and talking to him about what he does on a daily basis. The music you're hearing on this podcast is by Benjamin Betherum. You can find Benjamin on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash. The theorem That is spelled B-E-T-H-U-R-U-M. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Matt, thanks again so much for um, being on BTS. I'm super stoked to be here with you in Brooklyn, and it's great to see you. And... To see you. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I'd love if you could just start off by talking about Um, what got you into music supervision, like where you started, and then a little bit about what you're working on now.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, Uh, my name is Matt FX Feldman. I was born in New York City, Uh, born and raised. uh, I had a very intense classical music-based upbringing um, that saw me... Spending a bunch of years as a professional boy soprano and touring a bunch. Uh, I went to a high school called LaGuardia, uh, which has been memorialized by the movie Fame. Uh, spent <laughs> time writing music with Azalea Banks as a freshman in high school. Um, That's
0: crazy, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah,
1: we, we were good friends uh, back then. She's, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, uh, kind of, really kind of spent my childhood. Super immersed in music constantly, whether that was against my will first with classical stuff and then eventually like music I really loved and liked and and discovering all these different genres and stuff. And kind of always the dude with iPod duty, iPod like iPod duty at like the house party, Mm -hmm. uh, if if that makes sense. But um, yeah, when I was a senior in high school, uh, I had a big crush on this girl, and at the time. Uh, I had invited her and her friends over to my house and showed them Skins, Mm -hmm. the British show. Um, And and someone who was there that day, one of her friends, was someone who as a junior in high school had seen Rent on Broadway 135 times, Ah. Um, and instantaneously became as obsessed with Skins as she was with Rent. And fast forward a couple years later, I'm now like a college dropout and she hits me up out of the blue and it's like, Matt, long time. Hope you're well. Uh, Funny story. I checked out the creator's skins and now I'm his intern. And, uh, and I wanted to know if you wanted to come in and help with this like kind of focus group writers room thing that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, at this point, was a very recent college dropout doing absolutely nothing with my life. It was like, Totally obsessed with Skins and the music in the show. Um, and, and you know, not for real, like, want of occupation, but just sort of, like, out of just, like, hope, I guess. I just asked the creator, Brian, once I met him, if I could meet the music guy or if I could, like, be his intern or just, like, send a playlist in or something. And uh, and Brian was like, yeah, just, just make me a playlist and come back for the group tomorrow. And uh, I came back for the... The writers group the next day, where you know, we're just like reading some script drafts, telling our own stories from high school and stuff. And, and at the end of the group, Brian calls me into his office, Brian Ellsley, uh and uh, he sits me down and he asks me, Can I do all the genres? And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, not jazz or country. And i mm-hmm. I'm also not quite sure what you're actually asking me, right? But I'm just gonna say yes, totally. And uh, he goes, Great, I need you to quit your day job. We've got a uh, few A&Rs coming over in a couple hours why don't you stick around and we'll work out a little over the table signal so I can know who to go tell the fuck off and uh and it's it's actually super funny too because that day like three and came by one of whom I've never seen or heard from ever again the other two one now one has started a company called teamwork management that reps everyone from like Diplo to like Justice to HR Ahre- like just like the DJ, electronic music juggernauts of the world, Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 acts, Cashmere Cat, you know, like all these different artists, and then the other guys, like, practically running Capitol Records on the East Coast. That's awesome. At the time, they were our age now, you know, late 20s, mid 20s. Mm -hmm. One of them had Chain Gang of 1974, and the other one had Colts. That's mm-hmm. what they were pitching me that day, that go outside song. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I ironically, it well. which ironically I sang to Brown City last year, but I'll get to that. Um, I uh, I I had the
0: free Starbucks download card for uh, that yeah? song. Oh uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely corporate synergy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um that was crazy. I mean, look, I was 18 at the time. Um that job was supposed to go to a VP and three coordinators at MTV, and they were like totally beside themselves to hear about this like kid. Like they didn't like like, they weren't sure if I, like, w- was a joke or not, like, whether w- whether or not mm. I really existed. <laughs> Interesting, I mean? right. Um, and, like, on my end, like, I ordered 500 business cards that said Music Curator before someone stepped in and told me that my title was Music Supervisor. Like, I knew nothing about anything. I didn't know what publishing was. I didn't know any licensing legal terms. Like, all I had was just, like, raw creative ambition of just, like, believing that I could see a scene and put music behind it. And I guess that was something that, like, although I never really... Like, I'm not, like... It's funny, because, like, every day, like, every other day, (laughs) I get an email or a DM or a Facebook message from someone asking, like, telling me that they've always wanted to be a music supervisor and asking for advice, and I try to answer as many as I can. Right. And, like, that wasn't me. Like, I never was like, I'm going to be a music supervisor. And, like, to an extent, I still don't think... Like I I do it uh, obviously we're gonna be talking about it but like it still feels not like I don't know it, it it's interesting but um, but yeah I mean for the past for the past I guess close to ten years eight years now I, I I've been music supervising television and a little bit of film stuff a little advertising stuff and uh, and I'm incredibly grateful for like all the opportunities that have that have uh, come forward because of it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. I love it. Um, I mean, I guess we can start a little bit because the stuff that really interests me, right? Like we, sure. we see that. And right. I think in the last few years, it's more in the forefront of people's minds, Yeah. um, what music supervision is sure. and how it contributes. And yeah. I know like for me growing up, I didn't actually know it was like a, a role.
1: Yeah. I just was like, yeah.
0: Oh, definitely, like how interesting that like when I mute this movie and this song is on that, like it actually is way more badass than whatever song someone put this movie to. Right. Or, like, whatever yeah. that means. And I always thought, like, that's so cool.
1: Right.
0: And then the inner workings of it, obviously, it has so much to do with, like, where your heart's at and the music you know and the music that, you know, luckily for the internet you can sift through. Definitely. And people can send you to find, because I've seen you, which I love when you do those open calls.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you never know. You know, you cast a wide net. There's definitely a lot of things you throw back out into the ocean. But, like... Right. There's always a few. There's always a few like whoa tracks when you do that, and and like I have to brace myself. Like I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you what my email inbox.
0: Please are. do, and I'm gonna replay my laptop in because I see, the cord has been. Check it out. But oh God, a hundred and eighteen thousand. <laughs> the fact that you keep that ticker on, like I've, I have like three emails that I just turned it off for, and I have like one email specifically that is only for I mean, paid should... work, and that's the only one that I keep the ticker on for. I don't
1: know if you've seen this before. That's my background.
0: You're... So his his like desktop, it looks like like a like vomit of JPEGs.
1: It's thousands of screenshots. And they just automatically layer in this way where they tile it. It looks beautiful.
0: No, I, mean, I really I've, like I've, it. People have offered
1: to show it in galleries like multiple times. They've I'm not like, surprised. Can I, can I show this? Like
0: It also, you know, it looks like... Um, do you remember like in the times back in the day, those pictures that people would be like, if you stare at it and then...
1: Yeah. yeah cross right. your eyes a
0: little bit. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> um, You'll see Garfield.
1: <laughs> okay, wait. B- 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 back on the music supervision. Yes. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, what I'm talking about. Like,
0: oh, I w- well, we were getting to like the root of of the podcast theme, sure. which is really like what it takes on your end, and <laughs> so I'm interested- And this is what I was going to say. Yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> um,
1: I think there's a misconception in mm-hmm. the music supervision, um, and unfortunately, I think I have done my part in casting that misconception. I think. To what did a you mistake. do? I just by being me. Um, <laughs> I, I think some people dream about being a music supervisor and think of it as just like, ooh, I get to put music on shows. Right. I get to put choose I get to put my favorite song behind the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the first misconception is that like your taste is actually like it's important but like it's secondary to the aesthetic of the show. Right. And if if, if a show, if a project, if a film requires something that is outside your taste, you have to suck it up and like get it mm-hmm. done in a way where it still works that's Mm -hmm. that's like a first thing and i think the fact that like i try to find something in every genre that i think i can appreciate or that like i think transcends its genre and Mm -hmm. i think that for me is my own personal way of dealing with that um but the other thing is is that like music supervision it's so many different it's 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 choosing music yes for scenes but it's also so much about the budget it's so much about what you're given and relationships with labels and artists and reaching out and that sort of like economical spreadsheet game of making sure everything comes in totally correct. Um, and then there's, there's actually another, there's another aspect of it too, that is kind of wild, which is like anytime there's some sort of like custom composed thing, for instance, Mm. like we can -hmm. talk, uh, we can talk about something I'm working on right now. I think there's going to be a scene, um, I don't know when this is coming out. Okay. Uh, But there's going to be a scene in one of the shows I work on. Um, Can you say which one? uh, People can guess. Um, Okay. (laughs) In in the next season, in which uh, there's kind of a joke section where someone is singing something very similar to a track from a famous Disney movie, Mm -hmm. right? In sort of Mm -hmm. a cabaret sort of way. Um, But due to not being able to license with Disney, we... We, I was given a set of lyrics, and these were the rewritten lyrics. And my job was to find, figure out, and uh, deliver, like, a new chord progression that sounds like 19th century French cabaret, mm. like, like Bon Vivant right. musical theater.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, and enough like the original song,
0: uh-huh. but not
1: exactly like the original song. Puzzles, Um, puzzles, yeah, and that and that's that's you know there have been so many times. There was a time uh, a couple seasons ago where we had a gag that was very similar, like a a section from *Missed Outfire* in *Broad City*. Um, *Broad City* being one of the main shows we work on, Um, (laughs) and uh, and it was interesting because with that, like we we probably went through fifteen or sixteen versions with with the producer, a friend of mine, uh, Tony Quattro, fantastic dance music producer, but also now. Coming into his own right as a composer, works with me on all the projects I work on, pretty much for the last five or six years. Um, but just like getting the sort of orchestral um, arrangement correct, mm-hmm. so that like the you know when you when you watch it, it feels like Mister mist-
0: right? You know? um, and so within that, like, at what point is an attorney coming in and going like, nope, too close? Yeah, or like no, are, are so you guys we, in tune with so, that? So yeah,
1: so uh, another example, um, Rod City, we did a gag that. We that uh, it was ever flown Virgin Airlines. They have a very interesting medley song. The best. It's great. I know all the words. It's same. Uh, it's, I want to dance. Yeah. It, every yeah. time. It's beautiful. The new, different parts. The new a one, the old one. Like yeah. the cartoon was like. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. Um, and so we had to like we were doing a gag on that, and mm-hmm. we like the lyrics, <laughs> and we do the music, um, and it's that sort of like cool kids bop Disney rock right? like arrangement.
0: The palatable right. uh, rock and the palatable like nod to hip hop.
1: I think yeah. at the time we wanted to get Miley Cyrus to sing it. I think Adam Levine wound up doing it eventually. But even before we sent it off to whoever reps to, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff, like legal, Comedy Central, Viacom Legal I had to come in and go, this is like different enough. You right.
0: Know? And did they on the first round or did you have to do rounds with them?
1: Uh, on the first round, on this one. I'm, I'm pretty well good at this stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, with the new one I've been working on, the music as well was accepted first round. And that is. Yeah.
0: God, what an inspiration. I mean,
1: I, I, I got really lucky with this time around. Uh, a friend of a friend, you know, I was just talking about having to do this with a, a close friend of mine, and, and she. Uh, she said, I know someone uh, who worked on a bunch of Broadway musicals. And, oh, that's awesome. And he's he'd probably be down to do it just for fun. And mm-hmm. uh, and I hit him up and he was totally down and we had a great time. And we spent that's three super great. Hours and, you know, like I have a musical background. I've studied music my whole life, but in no way am I like a musical theater cabaret guy. And so to have someone who just like lives and breathes that and I can sort of filter that in through what I know the show needs. Right. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a total, that's, at the end of the day, like, being a music supervisor is, like, being responsible for all the music on the show, regardless of where it's coming from, regardless of what it takes to get it there. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more complex than people think. Well, and from my point of view, it's also, you're not just responsible
0: for the music. It, like, really sets a different um, tone and feeling because Definitely. it's it's something and i'm definitely uh, i love that you brought somebody else in where like you knew that there was like an expert ex- expertise scalp oh, all the time which yeah. that's awesome because i time. think a lot of us feel regularly like right. this is our job we have to do all of it anything that's asked of us like we need to fill in the right. gaps right. and even with you having like a musical like a strong musical right. background right. um recognizing and I think that the, the more we become experts in anything, the more we recognize like, hey, that's not my expertise, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right? And I love that you did that because I think a lot of, I don't know, like no matter where you're at in life, it's like an important thing to be able to remember to step back and go like, hey, that's not my jam. I need to yeah. find someone whose jam that is and make sure that like, you know, credit I mean, honestly, is like given this, and whatever.
1: My entire career, um, especially as a supervisor. You know, I guess in some ways it's symbiotic, but I am so grateful for all of the producers, all of the artists, all the collaborators who have you know been kind enough to lend me their music uh, for these, for this work. Because you know, season one, Broad City, that was not like a sure thing. I mean, no mm-hmm. one knew whether or not that show was going to be big. And like when I started working on that show, I hadn't supervised uh, for for years after Skins got canceled. Uh, you know, I kind of thought supervision was a fluke we went into DJing doing other things. And, Interesting. Like, spent three or four years just like not thinking I would do it again. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I was And you were
0: I'm sorry, but you were what when skins got cancelled? How old were you? I was nineteen. Right. And you so know, I i had turned nineteen on the job. I love that you were like, Well, I guess that's the end of that. I'm retired <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean
1: But like at the time, like I, you know, I had a billboard cover story where, like, my name was in the That's front. That's crazy. And, like, I didn't know four, that. There's, like, a two-page spread on me, like, in the middle of the magazine. Huge photo. And, like, I was talking to people at ICM, I was talking to people at these, you know, famous production companies. Right. And then Skins gets canceled, and, like, no one picks up the phone. I'm, like, untouchable. Right? Like. Wow. Um, which and, is
0: crazy. Which is crazy.
1: But, like, you know, I was that hot shot kid, and then it didn't matter anymore. And so, for mm-hmm. me, I was, like, all right, well, like, I this wasn't my dream anyway right like, this was never yeah. my dream so like i'm gonna go back to trying to make it as like a musician um, and
0: has that impacted the way that you engage with people who aren't currently like gainfully employed in in what you do when you're looking at people right what do you mean mm, because that feeling right where skins gets canceled right not due to my knowledge at least for any scandal no, right? right like no, no. <laughs> nothing it
1: just wasn't great you know no. I, yeah but, the but like wasn't there
0: but of none of really that reasons. falls back on a music no. supervisor, and in so it's fact, so interesting. Yeah,
1: in fact, if I can brag now, because Please at do. the time, you know, so everyone associated the music with, on American Skins with uh, Animal Collective and Sleigh Bells. Mm-hmm. Animal Collective was the very first scene uh, on the one episode people watched, and the Sleigh Bells was in the commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the two decisions I did not get to make. The Animal Collective really? was already in there when I got hired, and the Sleigh Bells <laughs> was MTV Market. <laughs> Uh-huh. on my end it was Blood Orange's first sync Aluna George's first sync that's Arnold Grime awesome. Freddie Gibbs Shit, that's and like a Fantagram
0: that's a beautiful
1: yeah. selection Fantagram Fantagram I paid $600 for songs that are not like in the roll. and Blood Orange hadn't even officially been signed a Domino yet and that was still Dev was still Lightspeed Champion at the time and just released the demos like mm. I put a demo of something and American Skins Like, like people don't even know and like that's the thing is like you can't at the time there was no knowing that those artists would then pop. You know right. what I mean? And like now I'm just like an old man being like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, but.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I think you say there's no knowing, but I think that when, when you have an instinct for something and you have an eye for something and like, um, a quality that a, you're able to spot that, but be also, in, especially in your situation or really with anybody who is like a tastemaker per se and like sure. selecting stuff like, Obviously, that, to some degree, you know, amplified their career and, if nothing, you know, amplified their career and, like, reconfirmed them where they were at at the time.
1: Definitely.
0: And every, every friend of mine who is a creator goes through ebbs and flows of, like, this is going to be great to like, I should just stop this because it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think that yeah. whether – when you're putting them on like that, not only is it, like, financial benefit, it's more ears and, and eyes on their name – but it's also, if nothing else, like okay, somebody recognizes me enough to like put their career, put their career name on it, and that's right. a big deal.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I the maybe they don't like, think so,
0: but I think that it's like I, I'm, sure. I'm like a big person of like the little things, where like anytime, anytime I can to like remind people that what they're doing is rad, and I believe in sure. it. I'll let them for know sure. because I don't say that shit to people I don't believe in. To be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I, I totally get that. Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, the other thing is, is, I'm not, I'm not the check. Like mm-hmm. none of the projects I've ever worked on have had big budgets. I've never had a big budget. Like, mm-hmm. like
0: so how do you j- navigate that? Like, how do you know w- what range, like a song say, like, right. Sure. You, you get sent these songs, you right. have your own ears and your own eyes right, on things right. and like your own pulse. Right. How do you now know just from experience? Like, Oh, here's this up and coming artist. Um, I can guess, like, say it's Sad Girl, right? Like, I can guess a Sad Girl song is going to be in this range. And sure, yeah, yeah. How does that I work?
1: Totally, yeah, so, so just to give you an example, like, a song, like, started from the bottom.
0: hmm Uh,
1: to license half for Broad City, we are talking somewhere in the fifty to $70,000 range oh. as a favor. That's, like, a nice number. Um, I heard that Matthew Weiner paid, like, a million dollars for a Beatles song, right? In Mad Men. Uh-huh. Right? That was a thing once. Um, one episode of Broad City is done on $8,000. Um,
0: wow.
1: And so, to do that, you know, I, first of all, most production companies have access to a library, right? So, okay. these libraries are like production music and you can kind of hear most of the time that it's like not real music, if that makes sense. Obviously, it's real music. Is
0: that like, just for people just, who don't know, including myself, just,
1: to, that's like stock photography exactly. of music. It's okay. like stock photography. Um, Depending on the library, there are some absolute gems.
0: Uh-huh. Um, you gotta
1: dig. You gotta dig real deep. When and you do
0: dig and you find those, are you able to like tweak them a little bit to your own you liking, or, or is and it just? It's as always is. kind of
1: weird too when like someone hits me up and is like, "Hey, I'd love to get a song from that scene," and it's like one of the library cues. You know, like that's just like tough. Because okay, so what I was about to say is like, I would say on most things I work on, there's like always going to be twenty percent, maybe twenty-five percent of music that is library, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of mitigating all the background noise that you barely hear, right? So, like, if there's, like, something playing in a, in a restaurant that's, like, not a cool place and it's just, like, a cliche of something, you know, right. like f- folk song or an ethnic thing or something like that, yeah. like you can just find something you don't have to pay for, you don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, and then the rest of the music, yeah, like, only recently have I been able to have access to, like, some major label acts for... shows because like for instance with Bronze City like they want to work on it they want it so badly (laughs) right Um, and yet like at the same time I feel like now now that it's been three or four seasons of just unsigned artists like I feel like I have an obligation to them now so like even then like the sort of like Peaches and Mac DeMarco's and like if not major sort of like high tier indie gods Mm -hmm. like I'll still only put like a couple of them because I still think like you know like it should be Uh, smaller artists younger artists yeah Um, but in terms of numbers like you know basically there's there's like there's the label side I'm trying to figure out how much to explain there's the label side
0: feel free to explain because this is what I I think it's um, a lot of things in in interviews get a little bit glossed over sure and so whatever you're comfortable explaining like I would love because in the weeds and the nitty gritty I think is what A lot of interviews about like trade specific type things uh, don't get into, and then people are like, I'm so inspired, and then what's the tactics?
1: Uh, (laughs) Like, how do I do that? So, okay, so there's like a okay, so songs, the way songs work when they're being licensed is there's two sides there's what's called the master, and there's the publishing. Okay, the idea is that the master represents the recording, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Ray Charles, what I'd say. Right. The original one I'd say the six minute one with the hey and the piano breakdown like and that whole thing like like that recording uh, is the master. But the publishing is a piece of sheet music that says what I'd say, Ray Charles right um, and it represents the, the writing of that. And so mm-hmm. to clear something you have to license both. And when you're licensing a cover, you go to the original artist for the publishing and you go to the cover artist for the master, right mm. And so even when a label, says, oh, this is totally fine, uh, you can do it for 500 bucks, a publishing company, which in many ways are banks, publishing mm-hmm. companies are the companies that give artists advances and say, here, take a million dollars, also, we own your music now. You know what I mean? Like, you right. Like, you're constantly paying us back. They sometimes will not see that the opportunity is big enough and they'll say, we need $3,000, like minimum, Right. And whereas the master is like, no, nah, it's cool, like, 500, whatever, 250, like, what have you got to do? Totally understand it. Uh, a publishing company would be like, yeah, fuck off. Like, 3,000 or nothing. 5,000 or nothing, right? If you're right. with one of these classic publishing companies, Sony, ATV, Universal, okay, I don't care. Um, By all means. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes I'll run into an issue where, like, an artist is unsigned, right? She's an mm-hmm. indie artist. Maybe she signs singles to a couple different labels, right? Matt Deason's put out a single of hers, a co put out a single of hers. To license something with her is to go with all the people she's worked with. And if one of them has a publishing deal, that can fuck up the whole thing. Because that right. one person's, that Sony representing 20% of half of the song, uh-huh. the pub side, right, can just throw a wrench in and cause eight weeks of delay and just a bunch of thrashing around until they finally say yes or no. And
0: so as a music supervisor, are you managing those conversations
1: as well? I am. Okay. Yeah. And so earlier when I was saying that, there's a, there's like a misconception, I think, I, I will be totally honest and upfront and, and say that I don't do my own clearances. Um, okay. And that's something because I came into it as a kid, I came right. into it as a child. Uh-huh. Uh, they hired a lawyer during Skins, and ever since then, it's just been like, I am, uh, anyone who knows me will tell you that I am best on the creative side. Like, let me. Do well, my that's thing. why I was
0: in my head, knowing you as a, yeah. like, as a friend, right. I was like, wow, what's this other side of you that's yeah. like professional yeah. Matt guy no. on the phone talking to lords i believe
1: and this is the thing too like like you know not to get too into uh, cliches but like I'm, I'm half chinese half jewish and those are both two very bargaining races <laughs> when it comes to just when it comes to just like getting their way and, and 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 sort of business and and all those kinds of things and so like
0: although i joke around that
1: there are a lot of double negatives and i'm terrible at math and things like that like i i when it comes to it, I have no issues kind of opening conversations and negotiating kind of initial numbers. Mm. And then when we get to the point where like legalese and paperwork and all that stuff comes into play, I, I pass it off to a colleague. Right. Um, who can then, you know, get all that work done. But most music supervisors do it. Um, Interesting. Most music supervisors are people. And that's another thing too, is like I got in through a back door, like literally I met the creator of a show who just like kind of wanted to put the middle finger up to his network and, like, hire a kid and just, like, take a chance. Shout out to that guy. Uh, yeah, no, Brian's the man. He's the fucking coolest dude ever. And he would totally, like, smile about that, because, I mean, if you had seen the scripts of what they had intended with the American adaptation skins, as opposed to what MTV wound up releasing, like, that was such a depressing... That was such a depressing few months where, like, week after week, the notes would just choke a little bit more oh. quality out. Just a little bit more. <sighs> But, uh... But, yeah, I am such an exception to the rule. And I think most music supervisors are people who spend, you know, half a decade or more interning and working their way up at, you know, music supervision companies where there's seminary people. And there's, you know, normally run by one someone who's done 30 or 40 of your favorite movies from growing up and, like, is an icon.
0: That's know? I genuinely didn't even realize there were music supervisor companies. Oh, yeah. I thought it was all, like, in the same way that, like, uh, producers like bounce around, I guess, in my mind.
1: Sure, um, there are plenty of us who are guns for hire. Uh-huh. You know, have gun will travel. <clears throat> there are also just as many who run small firms where there's someone who's a head of accounts and calls every advertising agency and every company and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And right. All and there's someone else who, you know, does gets the coffee and there's someone else who does the budgets and it's like 10 people 12 people right. in office and you know they're turning around video games and then commercials royal caribbean major laser but they're oh also gosh. doing a new wes anderson film and they're doing like yeah. all these different things and like that's that's very real um yeah i i have no insight into that world interesting i couldn't tell you the first thing um So to
0: like switch gears a little bit, I'm also super interested always in like hiccups or like, uh, I guess kind of almost like moments of like failure that people have experienced in their career that have been like learning moments and stuff like that. Like what kind of like, I don't know, like rocky times have there been in music supervision? Like what are some like mega lessons that you took out of,
1: um, out of it? I've been pretty fortunate, I think. I'm trying to remember times when I screwed up, like really screwed up. And there was like really... There was one... There was one time on Broad City where we had a scene in an episode that was like due to extraneous facts being cut after the rest of the season. So it was already like two months after everything. Uh-huh. and one of the songs it was a oh yeah oh, a yeah, song so over christmas i had been emailed the song by a friend of a friend from a publishing company and mm-hmm. then at the same time alana had been sent it by a friend and then hit, it, hit me up with it i was like hey mm-hmm. check out the song so we were both being like actively pitched this song um, and for me it was like, oh, this producer from bands that you love growing up is producing this new act that's got a lot of buzz, like, you know, this seems like a perfect thing and 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 just, the Pussy Riot, um, mm. produced by Dave Attack from you know, who's doing TV on the radio stuff and I was like, shit, this is right. fantastic. It's yeah. perfect. Pussy Riot Broad City like this, you know, it's a yeah. perfect example. It's a perfect match. A perfect match. And uh, and we found and it was like it was God, what was the song about? It definitely had profanity, female genitalia, pussy, something. I want to say it had something to do with administration, but it might not have. Ooh, but we wound up like
0: not FCC. All I
1: remember, I remember thinking is like, we're never gonna find a scene for this. And then there was literally this montage in this episode where Abby's running around trying to find a tampon, and it was like fucking perfect. And like we were like, holy shit, we found the scene. Everyone's happy. Abby, Abby, and Lana, are like, great, we finding use for the song. I'm like, great. Um, and again, so like. Everyone approves it. The label side public. At first, like, the budget thing is a huge thing because different people were signed in different places, labels, and everyone was like, wait, $1,000? Like, you know, we need so much more than that. We were thinking it was going to be 20000 because, like, you know, if you get a song license on, like, an HBO thing, it might be that. 20, right. $25,000, right? Um, and so, you know, first we had to go through that for a couple weeks. And then out of nowhere, the lead singer's manager, who at the time uh, was someone who had also been managing Lana Del Rey, apparently, uh-huh. um, he just was like, "I don't know. It's been so long, I can't even remember the exact words." But he was like, uh, "He was like, the even though the budget isn't enough, like I see the show as like a blip of like he just like shot on Broad City and was like, and I don't see any association between my act." And the show in, in aesthetic or tone. Like, he just, like, totally missed it, everything. And, like, just said no and just, like, squashed it. But, like, we were already so late in delivering that, like, I got reamed out for that. Because, like, we thought it was a done deal. Everyone thought it was a done deal. Right. We, we had been actively pitched the song by all these other people. Right. And, and just because this guy said no, we couldn't get it. Oh. I'll tell you another funny story. This one doesn't involve me, uh, but just in terms of mistakes. <laughs> okay. Um, so the theme song, mm-hmm. right, uh, Latino and Proud, uh, by DJ Raph, was something that was found by one of Abby's friends. You know? I, don't think I, his name. Um, I think one of the first day or two that I came in to meet with them, uh, they were already shooting that song around with two or three others. They asked my opinion. I said that one was my favorite. Um, so we licensed it and I think two seasons in I was in L.A. and I was meeting a friend at Warner a friend of my managers uh, and he was like uh, this guy Jeremy really really dope guy he was like do you want to hear a funny story? I was like sure. Uh, so he I had already known that this dude had grown up working uh, with like rhyme singers and atmosphere and stuff Oh, and right. those acts yeah. and like that was the world he came from. He was like so that 4 and 3 and 2 and 1 that's Slug's voice and DJ Raph." never cleared it and wow and, and so that song yeah like we own that song now, basically like I think they basically went to him and were like hey so we like the show we're not gonna bother them but you, this is completely illegal and right. we're gonna take 90% of you know however much percentage they took and they left him with
0: and now that you say that I can hear his voice in it because yeah. I was like a, a huge friend sayers nerd yeah. growing up and I like isn't that crazy now that you say that I'm like oh, oh. that yeah That's that is crazy. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, in saying that, I had another question, and now, oh, what's your favorite part of your job?
1: My favorite part of my job, yeah, is getting to do a fantastic montage, or I think of either getting to do a really cool montage and getting it right and it just being like perfect, Mm -hmm. um, or getting. Getting lyrics in a background scene perfect, where like, Lincoln, you'll miss it, but if you do hear the lyrics, it's like, oh wow, Mm. this is like on context, but not too on the nose. That is
0: the perk of keeping the closed captions on.
1: Yeah, 100%. I do it
0: almost strictly. Well, I have like really bad um, kind of like story following abilities if Mm -hmm. I'm not reading it. Like, if I'm just watching something, it's really easy for me to not engage. Right. So I keep them on partially for that, but also once I realized that I was capturing lyrics in the background that I would have never noticed and how oftentimes they really um supported the show or, yeah. or movie, now it's like I have to have them on always.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so you mostly because I Obviously, you you worked on Skins. You worked on Bread City. Yeah. Have you mostly done TV? Have you also done film, video games? I've done.
1: I've never done video games. I would love to. I play a lot in my spare time. What do you play? Um, I right now I'm playing through Spider Man, and I play Overwatch. For pretty much like four or five days a
0: week.
1: Nice. But only like half hour. I, I'm good at. I'm good at like if I can win my first round, I'll just turn the Xbox off right after that. I'll just like go back to my day. Bravo. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like for me, it's more just like a. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to do video games I have never done a feature film that has been shown in theaters but I've done a couple things that I've like gone straight to iTunes I did something with Grace Helbig and Remy Hart and Hannah Hart a few years back very cool Um, yeah and very little advertising as well mostly independent stuff Uh, a couple like song searches for firms and things like that Um, so yeah I mean TV has been uh, the the vast majority of what I've done And, and as I said like as much as I love music supervision, and I think I will continue doing it as long as people ask me to, as long as there are opportunities where people want my ideas. Do
0: you turn down work ever?
1: Uh, do I turn down work ever? I will turn down work if it seems like it's going to be really, really difficult, and the money isn't there. Okay. And that's happened maybe once or twice mm-hmm. when what they are asking of me is crazy due to like maybe time constraint. Uh and it's just like this juice is not worth the squeeze right Um, you know
0: what about like taste wise like I mean do you like vet projects in terms of like how you feel about a script or how you feel about what's already been shot or whatever when Mm -hmm. it's brought to you
1: you know I think at the end of the day the the music supervisor is still in service of the director or the showrunner Mm -hmm. and the showrunner has a vision and that is the vision that to be executed, and so if your taste aligns with that, great. That, mm-hmm. That's a bonus. That's that's a good day. That's a good project. um <laughs> But that will not always be the case. Right. And, and you know, what's secondary to you loving it is, you know, is, I mean, you loving it is secondary to to the director, or the showwriter saying this is good. This is okay.
0: Yeah. And then. Yeah. So does that mean that like usually a few episodes of a show or like a storyboard at least mm-hmm. has been put together before before you're brought? Yeah, on. I
1: mean my first conversation when someone is vetting me is like, what do you see the music aesthetic of the show? Like, what's uh-huh. the X Y axis? Right. You know what I mean, like.
0: Everything. Which I've heard you say in other interviews, and I really like that yeah. descriptor of it. And is that something that you came with on your own, or is that like a normal I, thing I totally
1: that's used?
0: Are you being serious or are you joking? Yeah, no, I it? Oh, talking about
1: Okay. That, yeah. it was, <laughs> but no, because it's like X, ex- Y, you know, because there's, there's, because like in any show, like you develop like what the normal tone is, the normal things, and then depending on what the setting or the episode requires, like it's gonna go other places. Right. It'll always go other places. Yeah. But like if one access can represent kind of what the show will always be, mm-hmm. and the other one will represent like how far it could go. Right. You know I mean? Like how much weirder. <laughs> um,
0: like a seismograph
1: yeah I mean I so I'm right now I uh I'm working in post on my own show actually uh, which awesome is, which has not even been announced yet so depending on when this goes up uh I don't
0: know whatever. it may or may not have been announced yeah
1: by uh, do you uh, know where
0: it's gonna run can you can you share that at all I because it sh- probably won't go live for like at least four weeks
1: hopefully in four weeks uh this will be announced, but yeah, so the show is 10 episodes. It is going to be a web series on a network called Genius Kitchen, which is owned by the Food Network, it's cool. owned by Discovery. Awesome. Uh, five episodes are in New York, five are in LA. It's kind of about the intersection between food and music culture. Beautiful, um, hosted by yours truly, uh, and uh, also music is by yours truly. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, with that show, it, a micro budget is an understatement. You know we have we have, have five hundred dollars an episode for music, Jesus. um, and you know it's a web series. It's not even right. for TV, but because of this recent acquisition of Discovery and or you know the network mergers, like they are asking that we license everything so mm-hmm. that if we wanted to go to television, we could. So we're still licensing everything on the terms that I do on Broad City. It's just like we're telling we're telling all the people like have good faith that this is probably not going to air this is probably just is gonna be online
0: we probably won't get famous it's like kind of the opposite of what most people in like Hollywood situations know, tell I know, you I
1: know, I know.
0: I <laughs> you're know. like doing the Isn't that funny? I love that you're doing the opposite of like it's not gonna be big
1: yeah <laughs> I mean just cause like I, I, I'm paying people $50 a song like right. when I said I'm grateful for these people I'm not kidding I'm
0: like, right because that is know. I mean for people who I see a lot of friends out there uh, especially like friends of mine who are producers complaining like why do these people think they can give me $100 for a beat? Like, it, that's not showing, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but that, it, to your point, like.
1: Like, any less than 500 and I hate to ask. Right. Know, that's kind of how I see it. Like, Which I'm even, glad you feel that way. Even 300 like, is a bummer for me. And when I worked on that iTunes film, the Grace Helbig uh, film, it was, you know, there was, like, 60 cues in there for, like, thousand dollars It was, like, it was crazy. It was another really low-budget thing, and, like. That was one where, like, I was clearing a bunch of stuff for, like, $200, 250
0: mm-hmm.
1: And every time I hit someone up, I was like, dude, like, I'm so sorry to ask about this. Like, but, like, it's just an iTunes movie. It's like, it's not going to air. It's not TV. Right. Can you do this for $250? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's,
0: that's such an interesting thing, right? Because I imagine on your end, you're like, it's not going to air, but right. it'll still be for sale. Right,
1: literally being sold for ten bucks a pop,
0: and like I want your yeah, that's that's an interesting conversation. Have you yeah. ever been too shy to ask? Have you ever like been like I really want this, but I no, don't want to ask?
1: I mean, I think there's a tier that I wouldn't bother, you know right? What I mean, um, and then there's like you know you can always sort of size up, or I guess I can always sort of size up like whether or not someone can be convinced. Interesting, because there are those people who think that they are the next coming, and. Right. That's that attitude that's going to get you signed. That's that you know you got to believe in right. yourself. I, I I can't I can't hate on that, but those people I wouldn't bother in with something like this. Right. Know, the people who are you know just grinding and trying to build. And like right. See, you know, see the vision so to speak. Or know? purists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, awesome. But yeah, on this new show, I mean, literally fifty bucks. And, yeah. And 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 with this one, I'm only hitting up people that I've been working with for three years. Yeah. And it's like or people who I'm you know, close with who I've been jamming with and I'm like, it's mine. It's my show. It's a right. one series. Yeah, like, you're supporting no me money. right now. Like, yeah, can you please? Just kick me a song for the you know
0: That's mean? awesome. Is any of your music on it?
1: I, I stuck a couple of things in there. And, and really, if anything, that's so that we can avoid paying those places. <laughs> because um, I'm not paying myself out for those. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's funny though because there have been a few dudes who were like, yeah, take whatever you want. Like, seriously. And, they're coming out of it with six hundred dollars. You know what I mean. They're right. coming out of it with 800 bucks because I wound up using ten other things, right? Um, and I, you know, that's a good point. And, and, and it's again, it's like it's a web series. It's like me going around eating shit. It's just that's so
0: background. fun. Do
1: you want to come to Seattle? I I'd <laughs> love to. I mean, this this was very much just like I don't know. I there. I would be very curious to see how much changes between season one if we get a second season. Okay. Um, hopefully for the better awesome we made the show with pure raw love and sweat and like having a few creature Comforts next time around um, <laughs> and like being able to go to other places uh, that'd be a lot of fun like me and going to LA they were like it was kind of obligatory like right but yeah if we got a season two Seattle's definitely on the top five list of places I, I mean
0: you and whoever is on it have a spot For sure. You're more than welcome.
1: Yeah, no, season two, like, I've been thinking about Chicago a little bit. I've been thinking about Miami a little bit. I've never actually been to Miami. Neither have I. Uh, i think about Austin a little bit.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. There's
1: just so much good food down there.
0: New Orleans, I would say. I think New Orleans is a little overdone. I think, you know. So I agreed with you, and then I went.
1: Yeah. And it
0: was was a different, well, and I went with people that have really good taste. Right. And then I was like. Oh, yeah. this is cool, but I was not stoked to I go. I just
1: like I know the ugly delicious New Orleans. I know the Bourdain New Orleans. True. I know the Bronx New Orleans. I know That's New Orleans. true. I you know watch way more food shows than I do. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I watch more. I know the bizarre foods New Orleans. Right. You
0: know? Well, they like, come out over to Seattle, Seattle yeah. and
1: Portland actually.
0: Uh, not to sidebar too much, but I was very <laughs> impressed. I went to the. Yeah. I went to this Russian restaurant in Portland that yeah. my friend took me to, called Kachka, mm-hmm. and it is the it's incredible. Like yeah. not only is the food incredible, but like the, um the way it's decorated is crazy. And yeah. you'll appreciate the music wavers between, and I didn't notice this until I went in like a yeah. more nighttime setting instead of a lunch setting. Yeah. The music wavers between like very traditional Russian sounding music yeah. to like Russian rap. Oh,
1: cool.
0: And then the bathroom is like hysterical and has a bunch of like very comical, like communist joke propaganda around in it. It's, it's Did you see this
1: Rieichi Sakamoto New York Times article from a few weeks ago? All right, so this is this is on topic actually. This is a music. <sighs> okay. This is a music supervision based anecdote. <laughs> uh, but recently there was an article about this pair of Japanese restaurants. Uh, it's a downstairs and an upstairs, I think, divided by vegan and omnivorous mm. uh, in Murray Hill. That uh, focuses on some sort of regional version of Japanese cooking that I think is a little bit different from standard Japanese cooking. And Ryuchi Sakamoto, who's a very, very, very famous uh, musician and group God Among Men, originally in YMO, he's a Japanese guy, um, apparently he sent an email to the chef or a letter saying, I love your food, I think your restaurant is amazing, but the music you play is awful. <laughs> and there's like a really funny quote, I'm trying to remember what the quote is. Um, he, like, has a metaphor for why it's so bad, and, and it's fantastic. And he programmed a playlist for the restaurant, and the playlist, like, alternates between, like, ambient meals from John Cage, sort of, like, barely there, tonal shit, to, like, Nico Jar, and, like, very sort of, like, you know, music you would hear in, like, Dover Street Market or some shit. That's like, just, awesome. like, high-end, fucking cool guy, serene. Right. Like... And and fuck, I would love to do more music supervision for restaurants. That'd be amazing.
0: That yeah. is, so I did it for a friend for yeah. her restaurant, and it was, it brought me so much joy, because yeah. I, in fact, I, I make a lot of playlists. Yeah. Like, a lot, a lot of playlists for very specific, right. like, music for that I like to dance to and listen to in hardwood floor rooms. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. things sure. like that. Yeah. And I did it for a friend who has... um Her restaurant's, like, Mm Latin-themed, and it was just, like, to be able to put, like, Joe Baton and Sade and then, like, what else? Like, Chicano Batman, like, in a playlist where it all made sense when you listened to it. It was, like, six hours long.
1: Right.
0: I was like, oh, man, I want to open a restaurant, but only to... Yeah, only (laughs) only
1: to set the music.
0: music. Um, That's awesome. So I just have one more question. And it's the question that I think I'm probably going to stick to asking everybody throughout the show is um, what is something that you're super interested in the behind-the-scenes of?
1: I am super interested in the behind-the-scenes.
0: You can name two if you have to.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to name the, like... Because I, I love this shit, so I'm constantly trying to, like, learn a little bit about... I see there is, so I'm like,
0: okay, i Um
1: <laughs> I am interested in the behind the scenes of. Uh, I don't know.
0: I like how how you're looking around your room right now, potentially yeah. for inspiration. It's, it's, no, literally. Like, yeah. is it about video games? Is it yeah. the secrets of the art world? Is it Superman?
1: Uh, yeah, I literally have the secrets of the art. Exactly. I'm always trying to find <laughs> them. Um,
0: Maybe it's the people who make door handles.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are those casts like? What kind of machines do you need for a door handle?
1: I am kind of interested in the behind the scenes of kind of like Network execs, if that makes sense, like,
0: like Viacom execs, like that kind of network.
1: Yeah, I'm. I i, I do not know. I've just been thinking a lot recently about how all executives are dumb, and, oh, certainly. and like no, no offense to the. Executives. And entourage did a great job with anything, it's sort of painting that picture. But like, mm-hmm. I've I've since made it like a sort of like long-term goal that by like age 50, fifty, I'd like to like be like a maverick executive who mm-hmm. like whips things back into shape, etc. And I'm just curious about like the behind the scenes of how people even start in that.
0: Nice. That's a I think that's also interesting because uh, just in my professional experience with executives, there are some people that have just stayed somewhere right. for so long yeah. that like there's almost no other choice than
1: to put them top. Yeah.
0: And I, I really almost narrowed it down to three where there's like those people. Right. There are like, the people who care so much about being an executive yeah. um, and put on that very, like, entourage type persona, totally. and that's the exact reason why they're terrible executives. Sure. And I use that as an example all the time for managers, where sure. oftentimes it's the person who wants to just manage a team so badly, and they want their team in, like, that weird kind of ownership thing, sure. that I'm like, that's the exact reason why that person person should manage nobody. Yeah, ever. yeah. yeah. Um, and then the third type are truly like really incredible problem solvers who are really good at 360 degree thinking
1: yeah.
0: and like have people's best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really fortunate enough to like work with and make friends with a lot of people like that where I'm like, Oh, there is a soul in that type.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Oh, thank God.
1: True leadership. Yeah, where to it's really creative leadership.
0: Yeah, and whether that's where they started off in a very normal way or yeah. some of them are very much, you know, like people like Troy Carter, who right. just has like that mind and can see things and find solutions and right. can work with people and is able to admit his mistakes and grow from them. And yeah. um and I, I have a lot of respect for that and I love trolling the other
1: kind. Yeah.
0: Nothing brings brings me more joy than to be like I can't wait to hear more about your car. I said the most savage email you know,
1: the other
0: day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I said the most I'm proud.
1: Yeah, um, I'll tell you off
0: the record. That sounds great. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate nice. it, Matt. It is always lovely to hang out with you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to BTS podcast. The same question I ask the guests when I ask what they want to hear the behind the scenes of is absolutely extended to listeners. I would love to know what you're interested in hearing about. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. It would be greatly appreciated. I love new ideas. Uh, That being said, speaking of requests, podcasters don't ask you to subscribe rate and review for fun it's because it helps a ton with us for getting new listeners which helps us get sponsorships which helps us really be able to podcast and feel solid about how our time and money etc is spent so at any rate please subscribe rate review if you like what you're hearing and think that someone in your life would also enjoy these interviews please do share with your friends, family, whoever. If you want to just tweet it out, use hashtag BTS podcast. I will show your tweets some love. I really appreciate it. Uh, and huge shout out to Matt for being on. If you haven't watched Broad City, like I said at the start, please watch Broad City. It's great. Uh, other ways you can support this podcast are by subscribing to my newsletter, which is called Ask a Millennial. There's a link to it in the description of this. It is just bit.ly askamillennial I share marketing, creative tips, uh, and just like a variety of things that impact millennials. So if you are a millennial, if you're marketing to millennials, or if you manage millennials and want to impress them with your knowledge and just awareness of what is going on in the digital space, that is a great jumping off point. You can also support this podcast by signing up for Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight is a great way to book... Excellent hotel stays on a sort of last minute basis. I can be a little bit of a last minute person. I have a big fear of commitment, which means that I don't like committing to a hotel or a neighborhood. God forbid I get a better rate or find a free p- place to stay when I'm traveling. Use Elcook 61 on your hotel tonight booking to save. If you're squared away with hotels, but you want a massage, I'm a big advocate for Soothe. It is an in-home massage service. It's awesome. I use it when I can't afford it. And so if you use my promo code, I can afford it more. And so can you. Use LZ, L-R-Z on your first Soothe massage and just get relaxed. It's real nice. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed. The next episode is with Jessica Michelle Singleton. She is a good friend of mine. She is a stand up comedian, which is an insane profession to do full time. She also did a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So she does discuss uh, just like what that was like getting ready, applying, and then really executing. Um, it's a really insane circuit for performers. They essentially perform their same show every day for about three or four weeks I think. I had a really incredible time with her there and her show was amazing. Her insights are really helpful for anyone who's just interested in what comedians actually do with their days because that is a kind of just a wild road. Um, So please do give it a listen. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy future episodes. Have a great day.